0: But my husband and I actually celebrated our 16-year wedding anniversary last week, Friday. Very special. 16 years. It's still possible, I mean, to be married for 16 years and more. And uh, I was so depressed after our wedding day that I cried and cried, and my husband had to find a solution, eh? I mean, this woman is crying. Let's find a solution. So we made a deal that we're going to celebrate every 5 years we're going to celebrate big it's going to be a sit down dinner and we're going to invite people and we're going to do a lot of of effort and we've actually we've actually done a 5 and a 10 and a 15 last year really special and what what we've decided to do more than just celebrating our own marriage is to actually make a stand for marriages in general because it's 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 obviously that there's a lot of weddings taking place, hey? There's a lot of white dresses, there's a lot of weddings. But what I would love to see is more happily ever afters. I mean, and I, I know this is what what we actually want. But I don't I don't see that so often. I want you to think if you could could think about a happily ever after, and the way you feel about it. I, I don't talk about a wedding. I talk about People who grow old together. People who actually love each other more every year. We all want to see that, but it's it, there's only a few couples. I want you to think of just at least one couple. See if you can. How many of you can think of at least one couple that's an example of a happily ever after? Okay, five couples. I know I'm, I'm, I'm quick on you now. <laughs> but just maybe. Even if you can't think of their names, just think, could you, if you think, <laughs> if you spend time on dwelling on this, could you think of five five happily ever after couples? Okay, amen. Ten? We, 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 we struggle to find ten, hey? We struggle to find ten. However, there's a lot of weddings all the time taking place. And I want to talk this morning about... How to invest in your happily ever after. right? Because I know for, for most of us, it, feels, it, feels, it still feels like a fairy tale, but it's still a desire. The desire doesn't go away. Even though we would classify it as, no, it's only, it's only in a fairy tale. A fairy tale that ends hap with a happily ever after. So, I want to propose that one of the main reasons. It's not the only one, but one of the main reasons why we see so few happily ever afters is we're very committed to pay for our white dress. We're very committed to pay a lot for a wedding. But we're not so committed to pay the price for our happily ever after. And I want to propose that one of those things that is included in that price for a happily ever after is a lifelong commitment to purity. A lifelong commitment to purity, it's a price actually we need to pay. It's, it's choices we need to make. It's, it's certain things we need to put in place in our lives to pay that price, to pay that commitment, to make that commitment that will lead to a happily ever after. But this is what I want to I wanna talk about this morning. Okay. So I want to start. I want to start with a woman's diary, which um, so you need to hold onto your seat. It's not a woman you will ever meet or know, but it's just a really, really good example of how quickly a wedding day and a white dress and uh, even a happily ever after until a point can turn into something that is that could potentially be devastating. All right, so if you're male today, everything, it's obviously a little bit more applicable to the ladies, but everything I share will be equally applicable to the men and, and your circumstances, even also married and unmarried. All right, I'm so thankful for... All the input I received before I, was ma- before I got married. I'm so thankful for all the sermons I heard, all the books I've read before I got married. Because often we, we get married and then we want to start working on our marriage. Hey? We only work on it when it falls apart. <laughs> Which is also sometimes the, the problem. We need to invest. We need to constantly invest. So whether you're single, married, male, female this morning, I'm sure you'll receive something. Even if you receive it for a friend, okay? If nothing is applicable for you this morning, then you're going to be able to help your friends. <laughs> okay, May the 4th. The 4th of May, it's Shelly's diary. She's, she writes, Dan is so considerate. It's a Christian woman, okay? Everything I'll share this morning is applicable to Christians. Christian women, Christian men. All right, Dan is so considerate. Yesterday, as, as I was walking out of church... He held the door open for me and told me how nice I looked. I can't remember the last time Richard, this is now her husband, told me I look pretty. Okay, this is now a first very innocent uh, little thing that happened. But unfortunately, she immediately compares this man to her husband. This is the first mistake she's making. 15th of May, so it's 11 days later, Richard and I hired Dan to remodel our basement. It would be great having a man around in the house who can fix things. So I assume a husband can't fix things, okay? I make that assumption because immediately there's that comparison. I find myself looking forward to his visits. The 20th of May, five days later, Dan is having problems with his daughter. I offered some advice and he was so grateful he gave me a hug. It felt good to be appreciated. There's nothing wrong with a hug, okay? This is all... This is, the battle is in this woman's mind, ultimately, I often, another mistake she makes, I often replay that moment in my mind. The 1st of June, Dan and I are going to lunch today to finalize details on the basement. I've tried on 10 different outfits. There's the warning sign, okay? You all see that? I've tried on 10 different outfits, put on extra perfume, and I keep telling myself it's no big deal, it's just business. June the 2nd, this is the day after the lunch, Yesterday during lunch, the cheesecake took me by surprise. Offering him a bite of mine seemed harmless. But the moment he tasted it, our eyes locked. And neither of us said anything, but we both knew something was different. We had crossed over some unseen line and can never go back to just being friends. It all just started with somebody complimented her and she immediately compared that person with her husband. June the 4th, two days later. I am jittery and jumpy. Each time the phone rings, I hope it's Dan. When a car drives by, I look out the window to see if it's he. I'm filled with longing, and it's not for my husband. Help God. I know it's wrong, but I don't want it to stop. This is quite a scary situation, and it's something that none of of us are immune to. And this is why I want to talk about it this morning, because the devil is after our happy ever afters. He's not playing fair, right? The devil is not on our side, and he will use anything and any, anyone to steal from us, growing old with a person, living a life of purity. So I know the question, the, the big question is, how do you know when a friendship has crossed over the line to an emotional affair, okay? Because there's lots of—I mean, we all know that anything like an affair or an adul- adultery or an emotional affair, anything—it like, doesn't just happen overnight. This—it's a process. It's normally a slow fade, like they say. Um, so, I want to read you just a quote from Dr. Shirley Glass. It's in a book that's called "Not Just Friends." Um, that will be on the screen. It says, "There's a combination." The combination of three things, secrecy, emotional intimacy, and sexual chemistry is a potent recipe that feeds an attraction. But most of these things actually start with secrecy. So it's something that you don't want anybody else to know about because in the one hand you feel it's innocent, but in the other hand you don't want anybody to know about it. And you see, what what I've, I've read up a bit and I've listened to people talking about, especially something like an emotional affair, If it's adultery, you can't really argue that it was okay. The problem with an emotional affair is most people argue that it's innocent. And that is actually the danger. And this is why actually many Christian women, they don't see the warning signs in the beginning. And before they know it, they're actually right in the middle of something that they really battle to get out of. Okay? Okay. So I know it's a bit of a heavy topic, but I really felt, you know, if we don't talk about it in church, you might get your information somewhere else. And there's unfortunately many people who feel that it's okay, that there's certain things that's, that's part of an emotional affair that's totally fine. And it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not. Okay, so the moment secrecy, emotional intimacy, and sexual chemistry, ke- sexual chemistry is present, you have crossed over a line. So let me give you a few practical examples of early warning signs. Are you okay? You're all all right. Huh? Your seatbelts, you, bu- you buckled up for this journey. I don't want to lose any one of you. You're buck, you buckled up. Okay, earlier signs of uh, warning signs. You delete text messages or emails that you have received from this person or that you have sent. Because you don't want your husband or your friend or anybody really to see it, okay? Early warning sign. You dress to impress that person. You're constantly comparing your spa- your spouse to this specific individual, and you find yourself always talking or thinking about this person. Now, all four of, the, of these things could easily, in a sense, be justified. Or being seen as fairly innocent. The problem is if we de- don't deal with it in a very, very, very early stage, it can, beca- it can become a, a monster in your in your world. And you can actually move over to where, where this woman found herself. I know it's wrong, God, but I don't want to stop. So you, you never want to get to that place. So you never want to get to that place where you, you know it's wrong, but you don't want to stop. You don't want to find yourself there. This is why we need to be on it quickly. And I tell you, none of us are, are immune to temptation. Temptation isn't wrong. okay? The moment temptation comes, you have not sinned. There's nothing wrong. The problem is what we do with that temptation. okay? And especially in a church environment where there's really nice guys and friendly guys... And comparing them to your husband, it's a very dangerous place. Uh, maybe there's not so many nice guys, eh? Why are you giggling? <laughs> We're calling them in. I tell you, there's more than 100 guys at this men's camp. They're going to be changed forever. Your husband, your future husband, your best friend, they're all going to be changed forever, okay? We're raising up mighty men. It's mighty men <laughs> this weekend. But as I say, the problem is... In a church environment it's actually sometimes more dangerous <laughs> because you you find guys who really serve God and it's very attractive. when a guy serves the Lord it's really attractive there's something that we all long for we want to be we want to we want a man to lead us spiritually so in the church if you find a guy's actually serving God it's very attractive which means We need to be aware, you know, that these things can actually lead to a full-on emotional affair, which can lead to adultery. All right, so let's look at a scripture in James. Let's go to the Bible, James 1, verse 14, 15. Each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Right, so remember what I said, temptation right at the beginning is not sin. All of us are being tempted from time to time by different, different situations, okay? After desire has conceived, so you have given into the temptation, you have played around with the temptation. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. You don't want to get there. You don't want to get there. You see, and that gives birth to death, Unfortunately, many people get to a point where they know it's wrong, but they don't want to stop because they actually feel that this world that they find themselves in is a better world than the marriage. Okay. But they do not realize that this world that they've created now for themselves will lead to death. And this is the scary part. You don't. It looks innocent. It looks as if it's just, you know, you're playing around a bit. And before you know it, it leads to death. Because the wages of sin is death. It equals death. (laughs) All right. So, as I said, emotional affairs or adultery doesn't happen overnight. It's a a slow fate. It's a process. But we need to deal with it. We need to be ruthless. And we need to say, even if I just feel slightly um, attracted to somebody that is not my husband, I'm going to deal with it (laughs) ruthlessly. I'm going to be on it. Okay? And we need to be aware that there will be thoughts and emotions and temptations like that. It will come for all of us. All right. So, let's, let's just do, go through a few, few very practical things. These things are applicable to the guys as well. I want to share three things with you how we can deal very practically with temptation when it comes. All right. First one we find in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18. Just the first part of verse 18 says, Flee Sexual immorality. Flee sexual immorality. So how does a person with no intention of ever getting into or of ever betraying their spouse, how does it happen that they get into something like an emotional affair? How does it happen? The answer is very simple. You don't run when you shoot. You don't run when you shoot. You have to flee. And I think also the problem is, Originally, you don't really see that it's danger. You don't see the, you know, red light people, or beep or it should go off. This is this is this is my aim this morning. I want you to. I want that siren in your head to go off the moment there is something, because if if you think it's innocent, you're not going to run. Unfortunately, and the problem is, we often think we're above the temptation. We think, I'm really strong. <laughs> I can handle this. And um, the problem is we, we become so comfortable that we let our guards down. And then, unfortunately, as I say, before we know it, we're in a position we don't even want to stop. Because this world is far more pleasant than our marriage. Okay. And fleeing, I want to I wanna say a few really radical things now. And it's, it's different for all of us. Okay. It's different for all of us. But fleeing sometimes means drastic measures. You might need to start going to another physiotherapist. Okay? You might need to see another doctor. You might need to change your gym instructor. You might even need to resign your job. Okay? This is radical. I know it's radical. I'm just saying, if you find yourself in a situation that could lead to death, then you change, you, you, you flee. You do anything. I've heard people who actually resign their jobs. Because they wanted to save their marriage. I have so much respect for that. They resigned their job. Because they said, this situation is so tempting and it's leading to death. I'm going to resign my job. I'm going to look for another job. It's radical. But I have so much respect for that. Because ultimately, you need to choose. Death or resigning your job. If it's so serious. Okay? If it's so serious. Maybe for most of you this morning... This is not applicable at all. The problem is the very, very, very early warning signs. I've been in the gym many times, and I've seen women with a male instructor, and I got worried. I, I'm serious. I got worried. I was like, I think this woman must run, but I don't think she wants to run. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you, you can see it sometimes from a distance. There's flirting. There's, there's some kind of... Uh, um, Chemistry, and then you wonder, is this woman married? And, I mean, even if the woman isn't married, maybe the man's married. <laughs> okay? Fleeing sometimes takes drastic measures. So I just want to encourage you, nothing is worth the death that will lead to, from, from temptation to a, to a desire that's conceived to, to sin to death. Nothing is worth risking falling into that pit of death. Okay? Not even your job. We have to speak to somebody. John 1 verse 17, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You see, as long as something, this is the secrecy I've spoken about right in the beginning, this is possibly the, the most dangerous part. Because you you see it as innocent. There's a... Um, I don't know how many of you know Hattie Brits. She's a well known author. Her husband is a gospel artist. She writes in one of her books that she got involved in an emotional affair. She's a solid Christian woman. And she really battled to get out of it. She writes how she would sit in a car wanting to have coffee with this guy. And our God is just, you know, captivating her and saying, You are, you are uh, throwing away your inheritance. And how, how difficult it was. She was sitting in the car, ready to go. And it was this battle for her. And she couldn't get free. She couldn't get free. And her ultimate freedom was when she told her husband the man's name. Because her husband knew she was battling. But he didn't know the man's name. Okay? Which I wouldn't necessarily recommend you immediately start talking to your husband. Okay? Please speak to other people. and But for her... She was trying, trying, trying for months to break free, free, and she couldn't. And then God said to her, you need to, you need to tell your husband. You see, and the reason she didn't want to speak is he actually warned her against this guy. And she said to him, oh, no ways. No ways. Because she's got a, a parenting ministry, and she also helped him with counseling for his, his, his kids. And he just made her feel like a million dollars. He was just so appreciative. He was just so... <laughs> He just complimented her, and he made her feel really awesome. And it was a soft spot or a weakness for her when people actually flatter her, when they compliment her. It was something that, since ever she say, shares about this in a in book. Um, it was something that, that would actually open the door for something like that. And she could see clearly afterwards, but in the middle of that, it was very difficult. And when she shared a husband, when she, sh- she told him, this is the man's name, And he said to her, I knew it. But she was free after that. Only after that. So there's power in sharing. There's power in bringing it into the light. Okay? Maybe even if you feel it's innocent, I I would recommend speak sooner than later. Rather speak sooner than later. Okay? Even if you're in a dating relationship, you can find yourself, you know, feeling attracted to somebody else. It is real. It's very real. Okay, we have to set boundaries. I want to spend a bit of more, more time on this one. And I want to emphasize boundaries is different for everybody. Okay, it's, it's very different for everybody. You cannot say, because I have this boundary, you must have this boundary as well. Okay, it depends on your background. It depends on your weaknesses. It depends on what would be your trigger. Okay, uh, but there's a scripture in Matthew 5, is 29 and 30, that says, if your right eye causes you to sin, Plug it out and cast it from you. Now, it's not talking about physically plugging out your eye. This is, the scripture is about boundaries, okay? You remember that, that fireproof movie where the guy took his computer outside and he smashed it because it was a, a pornography was a temptation to him? This is what the scripture is talking about, okay? I mean, I don't know how much that computer, uh, how much he paid for it, but I have so much respect for that. You know, it seems like, oh, you're being ridiculous, smashing your computer. But he was like, I am removing everything that's, that's going to steal my happily ever after. Because he was fighting for his wife's heart. And that thing was a temptation. So he said, no ways. Okay? You can put filters on your computer. Okay? Filters and give somebody else the password. but you don't have to smash your computer. <laughs> but it was, it was so awesome to see a man taking a stand for purity. It blessed me so much. The rest of the scripture is and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish, that your whole body be cast into hell. This is also what I was saying. Your job is not worth your marriage. Okay? Your gym instructor is certainly not worth your marriage. Okay? There's sometimes we need, to, we need to be ruthless in the early stages. In the very early stages. We need to be ruthless. We need to decide ahead of time what you won't what you won't do. Some of you for some of us maybe boundaries means you're only gonna da- dance with your spouse. I would suggest you make that boundary for all of you. <laughs> but I mean I remember weekends away in my previous job where now the Saturday evening is this dance party. And then the, the men just wants to they just ask you to dance. And it seems extremely innocent. And it seems extremely stupid to sit there and to say, I only dance with my husband. But looking back, I was so thankful that that thing was in place. I mean, the guy will come to you and just grab your hand and say, let's dance. And then if your boundary isn't in place, if you haven't decided long ago you only dance with your husband. And maybe for some of you it seems completely outdates and, you know, this is like, mm, 1920. <laughs> there's, you know, there's there's certain things that that looks conservative and it looks like really, you know, 1920. That's very biblical. That's <laughs> actually the way we should live. But but there's so many worldviews and so many things in today's society that says it's it's, you know, you're just being petty. You're just being ridiculous. Get alive, you know. <laughs> just get alive, and. Unfortunately, all of those voices come against your happily ever after. It all comes against that because it will tell you you're being stupid. You're being ridiculous. It's just one dance with one guy you don't even like. (laughs) And I want to encourage you. For some of us, this should be our boundary. For some of us, it means that we don't have wine late at night when we have dinner. When we are either at a, at a work situation, where we are either um, in a situation where you could become vulnerable, or if you're dating and you are alone, I would recommend that that's a boundary. You don't have wine because it can lead to an extreme, a place of extreme vulnerability. Or you don't sleep over at your boyfriend girlfriend's house. Or you don't watch certain movies. Or you don't entertain certain thoughts. Or you don't read certain books. Even if everybody does it. Okay? you need to de- you need to determine your own boundaries and if you don't if you 're not interested in a happily ever after do what you want okay <laughs> i'll give you freedom do what you want if you do want a happily ever after i want to beg you this morning to take it seriously i want to beg you to be ruthless to do whatever it takes to be the spoil sport, to be the uncool person to be the the nerd, to be the whatever. But you will be the one winning all the way in your marriage. And even one day, you see, we're sowing seeds. We're always sowing seeds into our marriage. And it's not about what has happened in your past, because God is a God who forgives. He's a God of redemption. He's a God who gives us another chance. This is the beauty of Christianity. But it's about, from today onwards choices that we make, okay? If you've made choices in the past that you really regret, God is so much bigger than that, okay? God is so much bigger. He has the ability to turn around your biggest mistake and make it beautiful again. However, don't play in your, in your current situation, in your current position with God. Don't play around with things if you know it can cause death, all right? All right. You know, there's, there's another boundary I want to talk about because this movie is currently playing, eh? Theming-wise, is it still playing? Fifty Shades Darker? Is it still playing? I don't know. Um, that's for married and single. It, again, if you're not interested in a happily ever after, do what you want. Okay? I'm talking to people today who're serious about growing all together with one person. And experiencing something about heaven on earth in a marriage relationship. Because it's far and few between, you know. There's so many marriages. There's hell on earth. So, if you don't care about heaven on earth in your relationship, by all means, do what you want. Okay? So, I'm not here this morning to say this is the rules. I'm presenting you with a beautiful picture of, of, of a man and a woman that represents Jesus and his pride. That is beautiful. And... I want to I give you a few pointers as to how to achieve that something that God wants to be beautiful, Okay, that the devil has come to kill and steal and destroy. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there's a book called Fifty Shades of Grey. I assume all of you know, know about it. Um, it's, a, it's a book by um, a woman called um, E.L. James, British author. It's an erotic romance novel. I'm going to explain to you now what it. What it it's all, not all about. You don't want to know any detail. <laughs> but I'll just give you a, um, just a, an idea. Okay, there's two, two other books, second and third volumes, Fifty Shades Darker, Fifty Shades Freed, published in 2012. The series has sold over 125 million copies. Okay, that's the most recent stats I could find. Translated into 52 languages. And has set the record as the fastest-selling paperback of all time. Of all time. There's been many books written in this life, okay? So what is the difference between a normal romance novel that we all enjoy, okay? And an erotic romance novel? Erotica is when romance include very um, it, it includes descriptive sexual acts, which means your mind will create the images. Which means it is pornography in written form. Okay, this is this is what an erotic romance novel is. I've heard women um, saying to me, they've read the book, it's done nothing to them, they're totally fine. I can't speak for other people. I just can't see that you can read or watch anything like that and not be affected. I've even read an article about a man who said his marriage is ruined because his wife is reading this book. Okay, you can, um, don't read too much about this nonsense. (laughs) But I mean I was I was my eyes opened for people I mean there's lots of people who say it's totally fine, all right? But then there's there's people who, not even Christian who says that their marriages are taking strain because of this book. Alright? You see one of the biggest dangers of the book, apart from the fact that it's pornography in written form, okay, let's let's ignore that for now. It's actually based on fantasy. And fantasy can't compete With reality. Okay, so I want you to listen closely to what I want to say now. The God given wiring within us, I think I've put it on the screen as well, yes. The God given wiring that we have within us is only fulfilled by intimacy that is based on truth, love, commitment, and trust. Okay, this is how God wired us. This is true intimacy. Trust. Commitment, love, and truth. And sometimes we focus a lot on love, but if our trust is broken, or truth, trust and truth is broken in the, in the relationship, it takes a really long time to restore. The problem with fantasy, which you get in these books and in the movie, is fantasy is not based on true intimacy. Intimacy. Okay, that makes sense to you. It's fantasy. It's built on a lot of other things, but it's not built on true intimacy, which means if we buy into fantasy, if we make it part of our world, our heart, our lives, it actually destroys, it destroys marriages and it ruins sex within marriage because it rips out our wiring and replaces it with a cheap representation. Okay, I'm going to say that again. If we buy into fantasy over true intimacy, it, it destroys marriage, it destroys sex within marriage because it, it rips out our wiring. And it, it replaces our wiring with a cheap representation of intimacy. Okay, that makes sense to you? It distorts. It distorts your view of intimacy. And this is, this is the danger of this book, even for people who do not follow God. Maybe some people are not so concerned about whether this is written pornography or not. The problem is you buy into something that is not real. It's it's the opposite of what our God created us and it will have an effect. Maybe not short short term, but certainly long term. It will have an effect on your happily ever after. You see I can not I c I can't I can't determine your boundaries for you. You need to determine it. But I wanna I want to plead with you this morning. You know, my, my desire is... I mean, Andrew and Leonie are setting a new new um, season, eh? Engagement rings on its way. And I, my, my biggest heart desire is not for you to get married. My biggest heart's desire is for you to grow old with a person. And not to, to even have a happily ever after that's just the two of you my desire is for you to be an incredible team as going to do extensive damage to the to the darkness in this world because this is what god's looking for he's looking for for two people who can unite in such a way that when you pray mountains move when you stand together things happen because there's something about a marriage covenant that is powerful that is strong that is You can't compare it to any other friendship, but the devil will do anything to distort. He will do anything to keep you away from that kind of unity. And this is why we need to fight for it. This is why we sometimes need to be uncool and boring to have a powerful marriage and to do great damage to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And God has placed it inside of you to have not only a happy marriage, but to be a powerful team with your wife and your husband. I promise you marriage is beautiful. I've been married for 16 years. It's getting better every year. But it doesn't just happen. We're fighting for it. We make a stand for marriage. We fight for it. When there's, when there's anything between me and Andre that, that, that is coming for our unity, it's normally solved with a bucket of tears from my side and a lot of patience from his side. <laughs> But we talk it through, and we talk it through, and it feels like the end of my world. But we talk it through again, and the next day, if I'm still oppressed, we pray again. But when we're through, we through. We put it behind us. There's no old cow that's going to be, you know, resurrected. <laughs> it's we have dealt with it in depth. And we, we. if there's anything, I mean, we, we've come to a point with this. We know exactly, we know very quickly when our connection is broken. When I lose my, my, my boldness, when I can't sp- feel I can't speak to him, when I rather want to avoid him, when he doesn't want to touch me, you know, we, we know when our connection is broken. And we do everything in our ability to restore as quickly as possible. Because it's, it's not only about us. It's not about me. It's not about Andre. It's not even only about our marriage. It's about millions of people who need direction, who need hope, who need, who need just a picture of something that can show them that, that marriage can work. Marriage is beautiful. Sex within marriage is beautiful. And I know maybe all of you have had different experiences, maybe within marriage even, I guarantee you, if your marriage is built on a secure foundation that Jesus is the center, and you do anything in your ability to, to breach that that whatever is coming against your connection, whatever is coming against your intimacy, whatever is coming against your, your destiny and your unity as a couple, if you fight for that, your intimacy on a spiritual, physical, and emotional level will be something that you celebrate, that you cherish, that you fight for with everything inside of you. And if if you are married and you don't experience it like that, then God wants to heal something maybe this morning. He wants to give you His perspective. He wants to give you different eyes to look to your husband. And for the men here, maybe different eyes to look to your wife. God is so interested in, in making us a powerful team with our spouse. So maybe some of you... What, what I've shared now, it's not applicable, applicable to you at all. It's very far removed from your thinking. I praise God if this is you. Then I urge you to, to, to keep on standing for purity. Maybe it is related to you in some other way. Then we're going we're to encourage you this morning to, to speak to somebody, to pray through it, to fight for that which is special. Okay. So maybe this is not, for those of you that's not applicable for, I praise God, I celebrate you know your commitment to purity, but I just before we finish, I just want to talk about something else that maybe you have had to deal with, or maybe you are going to deal with in future, or maybe your friend, okay, maybe your friend's dealing with. And I say that with, with um, I say that with sincerity. I've had to help many friends in, in this specific situation. You discovered in your in your relationship with either your boyfriend or your husband that he's battling with pornography. And normally the first time you discover that, it's very devastating. It's quite, it's quite a shock to your system, okay? Because you married a Christian guy, and how can a Christian guy battle with pornography? And because the guys did this uh, conquering series over the last six weeks, I really felt it, it might be good just to speak a little bit about this this morning. Okay, I, I've spoken to women in the past... Even over the phone, people who are in Joburg, who just wanted to walk out of, of the marriage. Because she discovered that the husband's battling. And for her, it was the end of their relationship. For her, it was really, really traumatic. And it is. It is. It's a big thing that a woman needs to deal with. But we know, um, friends of, of, um, of ours, there was a specific situation where the woman discovered that her husband's battling. ...with pornography in a a very early age of their marriage. And she obviously wanted to help. She wanted to deal with it in a way that that is going to solve the problem. But the way she dealt with it actually made it worse. So what she did, she packed the bags. She left the house for one night. And when she came back, she told her husband... ...that if she ever uh, finds out that he's battling again... ...or was looked at porn again, she's divorcing him. Okay, Which is quite hectic. But obviously in her opinion... That was the way she's dealing with it. She's ruthless, This is not tolerated in her house, and she's going to communicate that. Unfortunately, the problem got worse because now her husband couldn't speak to her because then she's divorcing him. Uh, and 10 years later, 10 years down the line, they had to deal with a much more serious problem, and they had to talk about it because it has become much more serious. It wasn't adultery or anything, but it, it has become a big monster in the house, and she was fully unaware because her husband's not speaking. Then surely, if he's not speaking, everything's fine. Okay. So, first of all, if if you are the wife and you discover it, I just want to say that you've done nothing wrong. Okay, you've, you've, you haven't done anything wrong. It's not your fault because this is the first thing the devil wants to tell you is you have done something wrong as a woman, as a wife. You've done nothing wrong. The second thing that you need to remember is that God is greater than pornography. Okay? You have to hold on to those two things. You've done nothing wrong. Your husband actually really loves you. <laughs> he loves you very much. This is not who he is. And I'm talking from a perspective of a Christian guy who wants to serve God. All right? I can't talk for guys who don't serve God. I can't. I don't know. Um can't speak from, from their viewpoint. I speak from a guy, from a, from a viewpoint where the guy is really serious about his relationship with God. Okay, this is not who he is. I battle with something as a woman. My husband could maybe battle with something else, okay, which could be pornography. <laughs> which means we have to know that it's not our fault and we have to know that God is greater. And then thirdly, we have to communicate that we believe in him to overcome this. Because if we threaten and if we communicate that we don't believe in him and that this is, this is junk and this is, he's also a piece of junk, because you, you're very freaked out when you find it out the very first time. If you communicate anything that's going to make him feel, I can't overcome this, it's unfortunately not going to help. Okay. Okay. We have the power as women to actually believe in the, in the man that God has given us, and it will empower them to break through these kind of addictions. All right. I'm not saying it's your job to help him to overcome this. He must fight this. He must have accountability partners. I'm not going to talk, you know, the guys have spoken about this in depth. But we need to believe in the man that God has given us. We have to separate the sin From the man. It's difficult, but it's possible. It's difficult, but it's possible. You see, God has handpicked you to be married to your husband. You handpicked. Okay? Then nobody else can do the job better than you can. You handpicked. Which means God will give you the grace to deal with these issues. In the same way, God will give him the grace to deal with our issues. Okay? And our issues look different. It, it looks very different. But if, if God has given a handpicked to us to be married to this man, he will give us the ability to, to give him grace. Whether it's an issue with money, whether it's an issue with, with pornography, whether it's an issue with self-discipline, whatever it might be, God will give you the grace to deal with that. And we, our responsibility is to believe. That, that God can bring something beautiful out of the situation. Okay? And by, by giving him grace, I don't say that we support it. I don't say that we agree with it at all. We're just saying, I believe that you can overcome this. And I will stand with you. I've seen so many relationships coming from a battle with pornography into a freedom, not a freedom from temptation, a freedom from a constant daily battle because there was somebody who loved the husband in such a way that he believed I can overcome this. I can overcome this. And then there's obviously many things. All right. You do whatever you can. You're ruthless about your purity as a man. And I'm not going to go into that now in detail, but our responsibility as a woman is (laughs) to not write them off, to keep on believing in them, to separate the sin from the man. Okay, And you can do that. You can do that. I want to take you to a scripture in Samuel. Do you remember David fleeing from from Saul? When Saul wanted to kill him because clearly David was going to be the next king and Saul didn't like it. Then David, um, he lived in a cave. Remember that story? He lived in a cave for quite a number of years. And then there were 400 guys. That that went to to, to David, to this cave. Now, I just want to read to you the uh, CV or the biography of these guys. It says, everyone was in distress, everyone was in debt, and everyone was discontented or bitter of soul gathered to him. Doesn't sound like marriage material to me. (laughs) They were in distress, they were in debt, they were discontented and bitter of soul. They sound to me like a bunch of losers. Okay? Okay, be honest. They were in debt. They were discontented. They were bitter of soul. They were in distress. Okay? They don't sound powerful. However, they gathered around David. David obviously saw that these men have got so much potential. He gathered them and. You can go and read in, in other chapters in Samuel where they say, where they speak about the great exploits of David's 400 men. Okay? We all, we all know about David's 400 men. They became mighty warriors, they became powerful men. But somebody had to believe in them. Somebody had to say, It's okay, come to me. You know, you're discontent, you, you, you're in debt, you, you're distressed. But it's okay, I believe in you. And, you know, whenever I look at that, I just realize that we need to... Obviously, if you're looking for a husband, look for the marriage material guys, okay? This is why we, we... And also position yourself, you know? If we want a guy with marriage material, then position yourself to be marriage material, okay? But if you're already married and you feel somehow that your husband is in debt, in distress, discontented, and now... On top of it, you discover that he's battling with pornography. You need to keep on believing in him because you've got the power to raise up this man from in the gutter to becoming a king, to becoming a mighty man of valor. And this is what God has called us for as women. There's a beautiful scripture in Jeremiah 31 that says, The Lord will create a new thing on earth. A woman will surround a man. That surround also means a woman will protect a man. Okay, traditionally, it's the other way around. A man should protect a woman. But how beautiful is this, that God says, I will create a new thing on earth. A woman will protect a man. A woman will surround a man. And I, I believe this is part of our calling as a married wife. And if, you, if you're not married yet... You will grow into this. You can already now operate in that. Where you are going to protect and surround the man that God has given you. In a, in a spiritual sense. Okay? You're going you're gonna to protect him. You're going to believe in him. You're going to cover him. And see him become a man that is mighty. You know, when Andre and I started dating, he was... We got engaged when he was 22, right? That's quite young for a guy. His family told him he's crazy to get married to this girl at the age of 23. But looking back, he's not the man that he is today. I'm not the woman I am today. He has grown into this spiritual giant. But we had to stand together. I had to keep on believing in him. I had to give him space. I had to pray for him. I had to, I had to see with the eyes of my heart. The same with him. He saw so many things on me that are in, in me that I wasn't, that I still had to grow into. And this is the beauty of, of, of intimacy that is built on trust, love, commitment, and truth. This is why we shouldn't get involved in anything that's destroying that God given wiring in us. Because ultimately, you're fighting for some, something so much bigger than just a marriage. It's big already <laughs> to fight for your marriage, but you're fighting for something so much bigger than just marriage. You're making a stand to see a man become the man that God is destined him to be, reaching his full potential, changing the world. But he's not necessarily that at the age of 18, or 25, or 32, or 40. We have to see with the eyes of our heart and see how God can take anyone, like David's mighty men, he can take them from being a nobody and turn them into a mighty man of God. Amen? If we just, If we, we just come and surround them and protect him. So I want to encourage you this morning. I know it's a, it's a, it's not a ha-ha sermon, no? Eh? You haven't laughed so much this morning. But I want to encourage you to do everything in your ability to to deal with temptation quickly, to to stand up for that, what is really, really important. And after 16 years of marriage, I can tell you that I'm just so thankful for God's grace I'm just so thankful that That it's working And with all of my heart I I want that for you With all of my heart I want you to get married And after 16 years of marriage Tell me, Sonica, it's better than ever (laughs) This is what I want For you But for that we need to Prioritize, we need to fight for that Which is important Amen? Are you willing to do that? Amen. Let's stand together. And I tell you, your life will be an inspiration for others. There's so many people in the middle of a, of a, uh, a crisis in terms of their marriage. You see, when, when your marriage is battling, it has an effect on your kids. It will, if by God's grace, they're going to deal with it properly, if they're in church, if not... It's gonna have an effect on their relationship and their kids and this is why we need to turn the cycle around, okay It doesn't matter your background. it's all about what we're doing today tomorrow, next week, next month because we need to turn the cycle around. you know Andre's parents were divorced, he grew up, grew up in a very unstable family. He only got saved at the age of 19. okay he's been through many many things as a child that, I never want my boy to go through. But God is greater than that. God is so much greater than that. Look at what he has become. But now we have the opportunity to teach and train our little boy to go further, to do even more greater things for God. You see, we can turn the cycle around no matter where you come from, no matter what we, you've been through. You can start a new generation today. Amen?